that's a nice relaxing piece, wasn't it? Wasn't it lovely? Yeah, just, a lot of way. Yeah. Just uh, getting us into a lovely relaxed mood and kind of reminding us of the movement of water a little bit there and bringing us into our next guest who's just arrived with us in studio. Uh, good morning, Ava Hughes. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, sure, we're delighted. Mm. And uh, we're, you've just met Tom and we're just going to chat to you now about the important work that you're doing, Ava, on, I think it's very much to do with water, the particularly water in terms of protecting our heritage and the sea, our marine life and the freshwater life that we have here in Ireland and connected to some very big projects, I think, global projects that are very important. But you're going to tell us about that. It's quite technical and you're going to tell us what exactly you're doing. I know that, for instance, you've put all the work that you have been doing, the academic work and, and the photography and everything into a new book called Sustainable Shores and that that's the story of I suppose in a way it's trying to fill in the gaps in the knowledge that we have about Absolutely. our own marine life and the importance of conserving it so would you like to kick off and tell us about the work you've been doing? Yeah, thank you so much um, so my uh, current project, Sustainable Shores Ireland's Life Below Water um, it's a part of the University of Limerick Sustainability Challenge um, and I suppose the book that I've published is as you said, it's, it's about increasing people's knowledge and awareness of uh, you know, just the incredible diversity the biodiversity that we have in our seashores and, and in our freshwater habitats in you know, our, our lakes and streams and uh, the project focuses on the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal 14, so life below water. Um, and part of that is looking at, on a global scale, trying to reduce marine pollution, trying to reduce overfishing, um, you know, really trying to enrich and, and protect our oceans and protect our waterways. Um, and as an island nation, uh, <laughs> we we have a lot of water to protect. <laughs> um, and I've... I've uh, always been incredibly passionate about the ocean and about fish and, and marine and, and freshwater life. So doing this project for me has been a dream come true, really. An absolute pleasure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's been so, so much fun. Um, so the book itself is, uh, it's, it's designed using a thing called Universal Design for Learning Principles. So it's, uh, it's basically written and, and designed in mind um, so that people of all abilities can access it um, it'll be published as a, a physical book and um, we're hoping to get an ebook uh, sorted and yeah it, it essentially walks you through the biodiversity of Ireland's water habitats um, and looking at kind of introducing readers to the ecology around that and what that means and then looking at sustainability as a core uh, principle. Well, now, can I stop you there? Because I'm not a marine scientist. Yeah. 
And I have to say that the whole concept of climate change, I don't know about you, Tom, but it's a terrible thing to say to you, Ava, because yeah. it's its your life and work. But I honestly, I'm one of these people that kind of glazes over a bit, to be truthful, when the words climate change come into a conversation, simply because yeah. I don't know very much about it. Absolutely. So when you say that, for example, you're mentioning there the UN Goal 14 yeah. about uh, life under the water, that uh, sounds really um, quite a simple sentence, but it's quite complicated in a way because there's so much involved. In it. Totally. I suppose one of the things about it is obviously if anyone like myself or anyone else is going along to the beach or to do something, one of the lovely activities that we have on the mm. lake, you're coming across a lot of detritus, you're coming across a lot of rubbish around the place. I suppose that's the first sign, if you like, that we're not paying attention to what's going on, even though that's obviously on top of the water. But then when you get into the water, I can remember some years ago visiting the beach up at um, Castle... Castle Lock. Lock. (laughs) Exactly, Castle Lock. I think we're all having the senior moments this (laughs) morning. (laughs) And seeing dead fish. And I was quite horrified by this because as a city dweller, you know, this was a hideous new experience for me. So in real terms, what's been all the work that you've been doing? Has it involved actually getting out and putting on your underwater gear and everything and exploring? Um, So... What I've done is uh, part of the project was to do an ecological assessment of uh, the University of Limerick campus. Oh, right. um, and uh, with my, my supervisor, Dr. Audrey O'Grady, we were able to assess the university's uh, freshwater streams that, that run through campus. Oh. Um, and we were able to kind of do uh, what's called a biotic index. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, what's called a biotic index. So it's looking at the presence of different species who are, some are more tolerant and some are less tolerant of certain kinds of pollution. And you can give a really good estimate uh, for whether or not habitat is at risk of pollution by looking at the kinds of creatures that live there. Um, And also part of the project has involved, you know, going to the seashore and kind of going around the country and recording and photographing as much wildlife as possible Um, and I I believe that kind of the mantra behind the book is I think that people don't care about what they don't know and how how could they you know Um, very so the goal is to increase people's understanding and increase people's awareness of what's out there you know the the Great Barrier Reef isn't the only place that has beautiful (laughs) rainbow fish if, if you look at a, a male cuckoo wrasse or um, sorry a male peacock wrasse they are absolutely stunning fish um, I, I, where would you find those would they be off our own shores yeah we, we have cuckoo wrasse um, now you might see them at kind of 15-20 metres mm-hmm. under the water um, but even looking through rock pools you can find beautiful um, little kind of sea snails and and sea slugs anemones absolutely and they're stunning colors and Mm -hmm. it it means you need to take the time to actually go to the beach and sit down and look into a rock pool um and kind of sit back for a while and and enjoy nature and actually look at what's there um there's a huge diversity of species even in the local pond hugely yeah hugely 
And of course, you can have two types of, I suppose, ponds or water, one that's flowing or one that's yeah. nearly static, I suppose, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you've uh, got your, your lentic and lotic uh, habitats. Lentic being the leisurely one that's not moving, is that uh, it? That's the way I look at it. Eddie. Yeah, your, yeah. Your lentic is your yeah. kind of ponds. Yes. And then yeah. lotic, I think, flow. So. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I suppose if there's a flow, there'd be more oxygen in the water and Absolutely. maybe more nutrients, plus the risk of maybe more pollutants coming down as well. But... Uh, Let's say your average pond or something like that. Yeah. Any idea how many different species could be in it? In a healthy pond, we'll say. Uh, it, it depends on what species you're looking I know, for. Yeah, yeah. So, well, all um, sorts of creatures, we'll say. I mean, <laughs> in, uh, so there's a tiny stream that goes around the, uh, the Pez building in New Yes. And this is kind of a two-foot-wide stream. Yeah. It's maybe like an inch or two deep in parts. Um, and I think just from looking at it for an afternoon found over 50 different species of invertebrates really um you know so even even if you have a pond in your backyard um you'd be amazed the kind of creatures that can live there and and will move in absolutely you you didn't put them there but somehow they're there yeah they're they're incredibly resilient um but then for other things um like certain species of uh, dragonflies and caddisflies and things like that and mayflies, they're really intolerant of pollution and we're losing those species. So, uh, because we're, we're seeing an increase in kind of agricultural runoff and, and other types of pollution. Has that not been halted now by this stage? Uh, agricultural you know, runoff. The, I know with, when, uh, with expansion there in the years that things were getting worse and there was yeah. no one paying any attention to this but I would have thought for the last 10 years that farmers are much more obliged to oh, control totally, uh, totally, yeah. and store uh, the uh, slurry and things Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And um, is that helping? The, 100%. The, yeah. 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 Every, every effort that is going towards this yeah. is helping. It's always a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet, uh, for instance, just this week, I was reading that uh, raw sewage, raw human sewage, is actually yeah. going into the water at Drummond Air. There's quite an issue uh, because there's been building that hasn't taken, you know, there's been development yes. that hasn't taken yeah. the kind of sewage needs up yeah. there. So, you know, that kind of thing is still happening. And, and that's happening at a number of uh, locations around the country. Um, mm. And I know... Irish Water does have plans in place to remedy those uh, kind of solutions. Um, but we, I think in, in 10 or 11 different counties, there's still raw sewage being dumped into the ocean. Too much, too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as one who grew up right beside Loch Darg in yeah. Portumna, and I now live right beside Loch Darg in Mount <laughs> Shannon, and when we were young lads, when we'd go in swimming, well, the, the barometer I had, and they, when we were, well, you could see your feet on the, yeah. on the sand, you know? Yeah. And then... Uh, before I left home, things got dirty. A lot of blame at that time was passed on to Borden and Mona, who were doing a lot of yeah. excavation of peat, and there was an awful brown run, and it <laughs> discoloured the water, you know? Yeah. And and then, of course, we had those zebra mussels. I haven't heard those mentioned in a while. Did they yeah. go just as quick as they came? No, they're, they're still around. Um, so they actually, they're extremely invasive, yeah. but for not native, anyway, yeah. they, they actually ended up cleaning... A lot. They, they they improved water clarity yes. in, in Loch Derg. Um, now, the issue with them is they crowd out native species. Yes. Um, but in in almost a, a turn of events no one expected, they nearly improved the water quality of Loch Derg. Um, but well, the visual quality yeah. is more relevant. I can yeah. see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but I, I like how you're kind of reflecting on on your childhood yeah. um yeah. you know most of this project is it's a passion project for me um and i i would have spent my childhood at at basically every beach and lake and body of water I could access. Um, Were you one of those uh, children that brought the jam jar with it? Oh, 100%. Anything that if it moved or had legs, you had to bring home. 100%, yeah. I, I would, you know, my parents would tell you, I would I see your home. dad in the background nodding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, we've we've got massive fish tanks in our kitchen at home, so yeah, yeah. I'm uh, always, I've always been fascinated by just nature. Um, but I was going to say I, I spent uh, a lot of my childhood on Ackle Island fishing um, and the the species and the abundance of fish that I would have seen even you know 10 15 years ago as yeah. a child uh, that's that's disappearing it's 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 decreasing um, and there's things that I haven't seen in years um, you know I remember distinctly as a child uh, Round about the end of July, early August, really kind of the warmest part of the summer, on the north of Ackle Island, you would see one or two days a year, there would be these small bait fish called sprat. Yes. And they would essentially flood the beach. The water would be black with millions of these tiny yeah, fish. Yeah. And mackerel would follow them. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't seen that in 10 years. Really? I, I have not seen that happen. And is since. it that they're gone or kind of move someplace else hopefully move someplace else yeah well unfortunately unfortunately yeah. it, it is because they're gone um, we don't have a very good measure for how many sprat are left but yeah. we do know that we've been overfishing them by over I think on average over 600% the scientific average or the really? scientific advised limit yeah um, and if the bait fish disappear if the sprat disappear then the mackerel disappear and everything that feeds on yeah. and of course so sprat uh, start down at the plankton the really small things yeah uh, that's it it's, work it's your way up the Fujian then the, exactly. the fish Fujian yeah. exactly and if, if if the sprat disappear then the mackerel disappear then everything that eats the mackerel disappears and well I won't say we disappear but we have a lot less food now and a lot less uh, food security yeah. Um, but as, but by what you're doing just increasing awareness of what's up yeah. it's just aware of what's up yeah oh. Yeah. We need to protect this, if not enhance it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think people are, we're a wonderful force for change. And I think when we know something, we have an incredible ability to build communities around yeah. what we care about. Yeah. Um, my, my goal is just, step one, make as many people as possible aware of you know, the biodiversity crisis that we are facing, that species are disappearing and... Yes, we're making some good efforts, but we need to protect more land. We need to stop certain practices. We need to stop overfishing. We need to look at, you know, how we process food. We need to look at fast fashion. There's so many different interconnected issues, and it can be a lot to take in. It's a very difficult problem to solve. But I think if you can make someone aware of that and get them to just, even using your reusable shopping bag, even reusing your, your reusable straw, it doesn't seem like much in you know, going up against the climate crisis, but every single step, I believe every single step that is in the right direction is still a step in the right direction. It's still progress. So when you look at the book that you've written, the Sustainable Shores book, um, it's 
it's meant not just as you know a book for anyone to pick up which it is of course but you're using it for secondary school students as a workbook and a teacher's resources edition of it as well so it's not only increasing awareness which is your first goal but you're actually making the resources available for people to have the knowledge we need to avoid um avoid doing any more damage as opposed to the yeah. marine environment um so it's a it's a fantastic um project and you've been able to get some funding for it as well yeah the um the the university of limerick sustainability challenge so this project is uh funded by that and and it's been an incredible experience i'm so thankful um they the sustainability challenge has funded five projects uh which are all focused on sustainable development goals so mine is is goal 14 and other projects are focusing on other goals but it's it really goes to show that you know the university is so tuned in to sustainability and to the climate crisis and to the biodiversity crisis and it wants to increase knowledge and awareness on you know whatever level it can um and i i'll keep doing my part to let as many people as possible know about our oceans and our waterways are there any good resources that uh, you would uh, I'm thinking of my 5-year-old grandson now and I can't wait yeah. to maybe start introducing him to some of this stuff and t- show him what's in the water what the, you know um, and he has an inquiring mind so <laughs> well I'm uh, I'll start by shamelessly plugging my book. Why not? That's <laughs> Sustainable Shores, Ireland's Life Has it been published water. yet? Um, so it's currently at the printers. Yes. Uh, so I think I'm receiving physical copies as early as next week, fingers really? crossed. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Are you going to have a launch for it and all that? Yes. Uh, so I'm actually looking at a launch possibly next semester at the university. So that would be around about September, October. Um, a lot of planning needs to happen between now and then, but um, we're, we're hoping that the book will be available essentially as soon as possible. Um, in terms of other resources, uh, uh, the Explore Your Shore um, is a fantastic website. I think it's run by the National Biodiversity Data Center um, and kind of links in with the Marine Institute and all of these wonderful organizations. Explore Your Shore is about going to the beach and they have tons of resources so that you can identify things and you know, okay, what actually is a mermaid's purse? What is, you know, this seaweed, that sort of thing. Um, And it encourages people to get involved in citizen science so bringing your you know your grandson or or your children to the beach and saying okay guys we know uh that we should find you know maybe some shrimp or some prawns or some crabs here here's the kinds of crabs we'll find here and let's see how many we can find and go exploring yes and go adventuring um in terms of your own uh, career in this field, yeah, um, what are your future plans? Are you going to be a teacher or continue with research? Or what direction do you think you're going to go into to continue with your passion projects? Yeah, uh, well, currently I am uh, waiting to hear back on essentially whether I, I have funding for next year, but uh, I'm hoping to do a PhD um, 
with the School of Education in, in the University of Limerick. So I'll be focusing on democratic education, which ties in hugely to the sustainable development goals and, and the project that I'm working on now. Um, I am a qualified physics and, and biology teacher um, oh. and I, I absolutely love education and I love teaching and I love being able to share my passion and, and share knowledge. So whether, you know, in 10 years from now I am still going around rock pools showing people <laughs> what's in them or I'm teaching in a school or I'm out researching somewhere, I think I'll be happy either way. Um, Sounds like it. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, personally, I would have been interested in what was flying in the air, animals and birds and mm. things like that, interested in plants that are growing. But I never really gave much thought to what's going on under that water. Yeah. In a, you know, so mm. I will now. Thank you. <laughs> it's a, another dimension, you know. Absolutely. So it's been fascinating talking to you. Thank you so much. And wish you all the best. And do contact us when your book is launched because Absolutely. we'd love to have another chat with you. Wouldn't we, Patricia? Yes, we certainly would. Yes. And uh, to give you all the support that we can. Thank it's you such so a much. Worthwhile, worthwhile project. And to thank you so much for taking the time to come in and talk to us this morning. Thank you. It's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me uh, here this morning. It's been really, really fantastic. <laughs>